0: San Antonio Sports Star Audio Vault is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds, 225 2121, or online at mybestbailbonds.com. <laughs> James Bledger, Jack Thompson, The Saturday Morning Hangover. <laughs>
1: into the Saturday morning hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, one FM, AM 1250, Sportsstar.com. I am James Pledger. I'm joined by my guy, Jack Thompson. What's he happening, Jack?
2: Not much, buddy.
1: Oh, man, ready you can to get, get at it. us on Twitter. He is at Jack underscore Thompson 33. I am at I am Pledger, and you're ready to get into it because, let's face it, we're kind of in... That sweet spot
2: Mm -hmm. when it
1: comes to sports. Oh, yeah. We've got the NFL. We've got college football. Hockey is underway. Major League Baseball playoffs are underway. We've got the NBA season starting up. We're two weeks away from adding college football into the mix on this. Like, everything is happening all at once. And (laughs) speaking of college baseball, the Astros... Up two oh on the Yankees, baby. Game three coming yes, up sir. later today at four o'clock. Philly takes a two one series lead over the Padres with a four two win last night. Astros have shut down the Yankees for the most part. Oh yeah. You look at them with seventeen strikeouts in game one, add another thirteen in game two. They are just rolling the Yankee hitters right now.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Astros are playing well, man. Playing real well.
1: They're the best team left,
2: right? Yeah, they're easily the most complete team, without a doubt.
1: I look at them, and man, this would be A, great for Dusty. B, just great for Houston in terms of getting something other than the 2017 title so people can't keep pointing to, hey, y'all cheated, hey, y'all cheated. I mean, they're still going to. But having another one on top of that, mm-hmm. on top of the six straight ALCSs, really helps to kind of take the focus off that. Yeah. Huge, huge couple of games in college football this weekend, including the Texas Longhorns, as they are in Stillwater to take on 11th rank Oklahoma State, coming off their loss last weekend to TCU, that double overtime thriller. Man. That was not an- is a game. tough taste to play. Oh yeah. It is an amazing game. Spencer Sanders
2: is a great quarterback. He reminds me of Russell Wilson, the way he plays. A little
1: bit. You're right. Mm-hmm. You know early mm-hmm. Russell yeah, Wilson. Yes,
2: of course. <laughs>
1: Not Danger Russ.
3: Yeah.
1: No. <laughs> Have you seen his subway commercials? I think so, yeah. They are so so cringy.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh my god.
2: He's just a cringy guy.
1: I don't understand what is happening to him. Maybe a little bit later in the show, we'll get into that. But something is going on with Russell Wilson, and it is not good good. at all. The Aggies, back from their bye week as they take on South Carolina. Spencer Rattler's new home, the former Oklahoma quarterback who transferred out. Aggies rolling with Haynes King. Mm Mm-hmm. There is a love affair there that I don't get. Yeah, same, <laughs> same. That's Jimbo's guy.
2: Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it either.
1: I mean, he played well. Yeah, against he played well Alabama. against Alabama.
2: Uh huh. He did. Maybe
1: because of that performance, it bought him some equity to try and finish out the season and see. And Nate Askew was here last week filling in for you, and he talked about the difference between Wegman and Haynes King, and how the offense, he won the job. The offense was tailored towards him this entire off season. So why would you put Wegman in, in a situation where the offense isn't strictly tailored to him? Just let hangs King roll out the season, get Wegman ready for next year, like go into next year and everything's about Connor Wegman. And it made sense coming from a former player.
2: Yeah, I mean that that certainly makes sense, but I don't know how you get a, a player more ready for next season than letting him play now. Well
1: you're you're having him play in an offense that isn't specifically designed well, for him. Because let's face it, Haynes King's a different type of quarterback and you're you're using more of Haynes's athleticism while no. Connor Wegman is strictly a pure pocket passer that you're going to try to utilize and incorporate different things.
2: I, no, I certainly understand that aspect of it. But I'm just, what What are you going to get out of this season now with Haynes King? Like, what are you going to get out of it with Connor Wegman? More than you would Haynes King in terms of being ready for next year. I'm like, the best you do is a decent bowl now. And that means nothing to the sure. program that we are trying to elevate ourselves to. So, the way I look at it is you just, the rest of this is practice. Everything's practice. We start implementing what we want to do with Connor now and we practice it week in and week out. And the games are practice. The practice is practice. Mm-hmm. Like, and you just, I feel like that's more beneficial for him than him just, you know, riding the pine and then jumping into it next year with a whole. New offense. Why not get all these everyone on the offense ready for what's coming next year when mm-hmm. we're actually trying to do something? Sure, that's it, the way I look at it. Sure,
1: I and I'm not saying I
2: don't disagree. It with Seems you. like a waste of time to me.
1: I'm not saying I don't get, disagree with you. Just coming from a former player, it was an interesting perspective that I had not thought of. No, personally. it makes sense. It makes sense. I mean, and at the same time, why would you want to throw them out there against? Ole Miss, or maybe towards the end of the season, you start to move towards Connor after basically all hope is lost, right? Yeah. And you make that transition later in the season, not so much right now, and you get kind of past your most difficult opponents to where the end of the season is more friendly and conducive to slowly bringing along Connor Wegman, Mm, possibly. I understand that. That makes sense. But, also, I know you're happy because the preseason is over. Mm -hmm. The NBA season is here. Yes, sir. And we have a lot of storylines to follow across the NBA, from Draymond's punch and how that affects that team, to the extensions to Poole and Wiggins, but not Draymond, and They still look like they're rolling. You look oh, across yeah. the NBA. The Celtics have looked good early on under Joe Mazzulla. Yeah,
2: Celtics are real solid. The addition of Malcolm Brogdon is just going to pay more and more dividends. Uh, the Nuggets, man. The Nuggets, if they stay healthy with the addition of KCP and Bruce Brown, that team could be very, very dangerous. Utah uh,
1: though Utah catching them in in the first game was a shocker. Yeah, no, you and because we expect or expected Utah to be around the Spurs and Pacers level, so them hopping up and get one of what we perceive to be the favorites in in the Western Conference. Well, in, they in game one kind of just took me aback.
2: Did they? win or lose last night because i know they took the timberwolves down to the very end i
1: think the wolves got it if i remember correctly but you're right it was they close. took them
2: down to the very very end Not no the utah won in ot in OT, that's right so that's so two they're 2-0 oh. oh. yeah against two of <laughs> really the good teams, teams you would, in the west so yeah. i
1: don't know what's going on in utah apparently they don't understand the assignment but they do have pieces, right?
2: Yeah, they they've have... got
1: Colin Sexton, they've got Laurie Markinen, they've j- got Jordan Clarkson. Like they've got pieces. Nah, yeah, that are good pieces.
2: Yeah, Kelly Markin, Mike Conley, Jordan Clarkson, Con Sexton, Malik Beasley, Taylor Horton Tucker. They have more experienced, like bona fide NBA guys than we do.
1: Speaking of which, the Spurs after getting raced in the first game against the Charlotte Hornets actually played really well last night, and mm-hmm. they led for basically wire-to-wire wire against the Indiana Pacers. Now, it got a little closer, in. people who would like to see them win would have won it at the end of the game. But we did... Even if you're on Team Tank, you're going to win game.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I it's mean just that's happen. an
1: inevit- inevitability. We're mm-hmm. talking on the low side. People are talking fifteen to nineteen wins. On the high side, you're talking twenty five to twenty nine wins. Right. Mm-hmm. So wins are going to happen. These are players that are playing extremely well. But as we saw, that big double digit lead did get really really close oh, at the yeah. end as it ended up being a three-point game. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I think that was part of the assignment, too. It was.
2: It was. I really appreciated what Pop did. I mean, for one, he kept the tank alive by keeping in. Mm-hmm. He's bolstering all of our, you know, trade prospects night in and night out, giving everyone the green light. Doug and Jay Rich seem to have the green light in which every time they touch the ball, go try to score it. And Yach. And Yach, I mean, he's helped. he helped him face his fears for the hack of Yach last night, and he surpassed it. I mean, 13 made free throws. First player since Timmy D to go to the line 21 times. Like <laughs> Such an
1: appropriate number for Tim, too. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's a, I mean, yeah, it was a great game by the Spurs. Three and, points away from keeping the, the tank alive, but, you know.
1: And, of course, we're going to get into the NFL. It's kind of a whole hum weekend in the NFL.
2: Yeah, nothing too special, but except for Dak is, coming back.
1: The big thing is Dak.
2: Yeah. Dak is back, baby. Yeah.
1: And he gets a, I don't want to call it a layup game but he gets a very amenable game to return to right mm-hmm. in terms of just a defense that has not played well yeah offensively they can put up points except for last week against the patriots they've they've scored with everyone mm-hmm. they took philly down to the wire they have took seattle down to the wire they took uh, they've taken everybody they've played down yeah. to the wire because offensively they've put up points.
3: Yeah, yeah. Except no doubt. for
1: the Patriots game. So I look at this as a good barometer and test against a defense that's going to be friendly and conducive to Dak Just kind of
2: confidence, build some better. confidence. Yeah. yeah.
1: And we're going to talk more about that game and the rest of the NFL when we get back here on the Saturday morning hangover because what are we expecting from Dak? what do we want to see from Dak and what's a realistic expectation? I know a lot of people want to see 400 yards and four touchdowns. I don't know if that's so much realistic. It could happen. Or if you want it, It could happen, but it's on the the very positive end of things, right? Not sure
2: I want him, th- unless it's a ton of huge chunk plays. Not sure I want him throwing enough to get to 400. Exactly. Yeah. You just want to see a
1: little bit more mm-hmm. than we, we saw from Cooper Rush's offense. We'll yeah. get into it next year on the Saturday Morning Hangover on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM and AM
0: 1250. When all you want is football. 20, 15, 10, and bounces his way into the end zone. Touchdown! San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM
3: 1250. Tell me turn around for the you know me, you know how I get when I'm on I think about you in the moment, but everything you do is so open, so open,
1: Foot on the gas. I'm Welcome back into the Saturday morning hangover We're right here on San Antonio I'm Sports Star, 94.1 FM, AM 1250. I'm James Fletcher, joined by Jack Thompson, a little childish Gambino to get you going this morning. Texans taking on the former Oakland team this weekend. Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of a big deal, right? <laughs> oh yeah. Delusia. Uh,
3: there, okay, there, there we go. There we
1: go. <laughs> I was like, Delusia? Like, where's he at? <laughs> but I yeah, Texans taking on a bad Raiders team up in Oakland, but the big the biggest storyline, because it has been the storyline since week one of the season, is Dak Prescott's thumb.
2: I don't even know if that's the biggest storyline anymore this week.
1: I understand, (laughs) and we're going to get into the McCaffrey deal, because that's a massive, massive upgrade.
2: Also, Tua coming back, that's pretty big, too.
1: It feels soon.
2: It feels very soon. Like, from what I saw, that just feels so soon. No, I I have to (laughs) agree with you there, but, you know I mean... He's been cleared by the team doctors and outside sources. So Yeah,
1: that happened before, too.
2: <laughs> no, I understand. But.
1: Forgive me if I don't believe them.
2: <laughs> but yes, Dak coming back. Very, very excited about what this. What do you want to see from him? I just want to see from Dak just what Cooper Rush couldn't do, and that's scoring and making big plays within the first 15 script and the two-minute drill script. So so
1: everything outside of that, because yeah. Cooper had that. Yeah. Cooper had the first 15 mm-hmm. and Cooper had the two-minute drill kind of down pat. That's where the Cowboys got their non-defensive scores. Yes.
2: Them. So I want to see just Dak take care of business in between those two times. Uh, you know, 250, 300 yards, two, three touchdowns. That sounds like a
1: legitimate, especially against a Lions defense, Mm -hmm. legitimate ask. And especially if you're asking Dak to continue to be committed to the run the way that the team was under Cooper Rush, that seems very, very plausible and doable. And that's kind of exactly what I'm looking for out of Dak, too.
2: even if he doesn't get to that stat-wise... I just want to like see him be able to rely on the game script, not audible out of everything that it seems like he does a lot. It seems like a lot, right? Hit the open throws which Cooper Rush was doing, so you have to continue that. And then, you know, then comes the audibles when he reads the defense and we get the big plays over the top. So I want to see all three of those phases. Definitely we got a rush between twenty five and thirty times on Sunday. Yeah. Heavy on the run. But yeah. Nice just...
1: balance between Cooper and Elliot because, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. because I do believe Elliot or excuse me, Pollard and Elliot. Because I do believe Elliot provides the ability for Pollard to break those big Yeah, runs.
2: yeah. What what they do with the run game is is awesome. I mean, we obviously Zeke is not what Zeke used to be, but Zeke's good for about an automatic five through the through the line.
1: I will say the one thing we haven't seen out of the Cowboys this year that was talked about a lot coming into the season, and maybe this whole package of the offense was predicated around Dak being there, and that's why we haven't seen it. Tony Pollard. Remember there was a lot of talk about him being used kind of as a wide receiver in the slot and getting mismatches? I think what
2: mismatches? almost negated that was the... Research, like a uh, first time surgeons, I guess, of Noah Brown. <laughs> I mean, for the first couple of weeks in the NFL, he was one of the the yard leaders in mm-hmm. the NFL. So I think that kind of, you know, st- put an end to the Tony Pollard in the slot. Because after, in a couple of weeks, we're going to get James Washington. Jalen Tolbert is uh, back healthy and playing. So I think that kind of put a stop to. Pollard in the slot. I still would really like to see that because I think he'd be very dynamic in that role. Same.
1: And it's just a way for him to get more touches. Yeah. And I like getting playmakers touches. Mm -hmm. Period. I don't care how they get them. San Francisco does a great job of getting their playmakers touches. Yeah. And since we're talking about San Francisco, let's go ahead and bring up the elephant in the room because that felt like a very Last year, Los Angeles Rams move, and mm-hmm. we're going all in.
2: Yeah. And no they've doubt.
1: got Jimmy Garoppolo, the steady hand at quarterback. Now you add a dynamic chess piece in Christian McCaffrey mm-hmm. for a second, a third, a fourth, and a fifth next year. So Carolina gets their treasure trove of draft picks, which is highly sought after. And Kyle Shanahan, who has a relationship with Christian McCaffrey, because remember, I didn't know they went
2: back that they've known each other since they were like five years
1: old. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. His his dad, uh, Mike Shanahan Mm -hmm. was Ed McCaffrey, the receiver for the Denver Broncos at the time. Yeah. They were kind of close in Denver. Yeah. And Christian and Kyle kind of. Well, they both played together at Stanford.
2: So. Yeah. It's just that's just crazy to me. <laughs>
1: it's it's incredible that, you know, these two are going to get together and there is no more perfect of a situation in my opinion for Christian McCaffrey to be in than where he is no, with it's... Kyle Shanahan because all you have to look at is what they do with Debo Samuel. Yeah. And know that it's going to be a problem because Christian McCaffrey is both a very, 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 very good running back and a very, 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 very good receiver.
2: Yeah, they've <laughs> got the best uh, receiver Weapons. that can play running back and the best running back that can play receiver in the league, without a doubt. I mean, they also have now, I I think it was three of the top five players since twenty. 20- Fifteen Earth, no, couldn't. Yeah, no, because he hasn't been in the league that long. I can't remember the the year, but that lead the league in yards after catch. Oh, right. And right. Debo Kittle and CMC.
1: And think about when three of the give, top five. That's crazy. when you give a a offensive wizard like Kyle Shanahan weaponry like this. Oh, because one of the things that makes. I doubt it. The if 49ers so dangerous. Yeah. Is their ability to disguise the packages they're in by the personnel that they use. Oh,
2: yeah. I think bet. about
1: it with Debo Samuel. Mm-hmm. Whether he's a running back or a receiver, when they break the huddle, you see a receiver, a fullback, a tight end, and a running back. Mm-hmm. But they can flex positions out, and all of a sudden, 12 personnel or 22 personnel all of a sudden looks like trips or three wide because Kittle is an elite receiver and tight end. Kyle Juszczyk is a fullback that is basically a tight end, too. Mm -hmm. Devo Samuel is a receiver who could be a running back, and Christian McCaffrey is a running back who can be a receiver. So their ability to create mismatches and personnel decisions just by breaking the huddle with what looks like a big personnel. So you have to have big personnel to match Mm -hmm. and then splitting into a wide personnel to create mismatches on linebackers and people that can't cover the personnel that they have on the field. It's just incredible. And if you try and match that personnel with the receiving personnel, all of a sudden they can play big boy football and bust into whether it's I or uh too tight in and really just maul you and mm-hmm. run it down your throat. Their ability to to disguise what they're going to do is going to be next level with the addition of Christian McCaffrey.
2: Oh yeah, without a doubt. They're going to be a problem. ridiculous. I doubt if Kyle Shanahan or Kyle Shanahan has even slept. Because he's been just drawing up plays so much, I would.
1: Yeah, like that. That's a fun new toy, and I can't wait to play with
2: it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's gonna be ridiculous.
1: You think he plays tom- tomorrow?
2: Yeah, he'll be in the red zone packages.
1: I look at this, and my immediate thought after this happened was: a They're now considered among the Eagles and Cowboys of the elite of the NFC, right? Mm -hmm. They're they're a team that you consider as a Super Bowl contender in the NFC all of a sudden. Between that defense and now what that offense can provide, and we didn't even mention Brandon Ayuk, Mm -hmm. who has been incredible over the last few weeks. Do the Cowboys have to match a personnel decision before the NFL trade deadline? Or is getting Dak back that? Because their defense is, A, playing extremely well. They have weaponry. They got Gallup back. They mm-hmm. have C D Lamb. And at some point, you are getting James Washington back.
2: Yeah. I mean, I feel like you always are looking to improve. I don't necessarily know of a lot of people outside of all of the Panthers that are available. <laughs> But uh, if I was Cowboys, I'd be trying to go get Elijah Moore. Pride out of the Jets. Beast in the slot. Yep. Two more years on a rookie deal. Makes a lot of sense.
1: It makes sense. But we know how the Cowboys have exactly. draft picks.
2: Yeah. So I don't see us doing it. I
1: know the Jets are going to be looking for at least what they paid for him, which is a second-round pick. Because Elijah Moore has proven he is a great player in the NFL. Oh, yeah.
2: No doubt about that.
1: So it's going to be interesting to see kind of how the Jets thing unfolds because it's really weird with the Elijah Moore situation. Mm-hmm. Before the season, you had Denzel Mims, which you kind of get because he fell out of favor yeah. and just isn't even playing. Yeah. Right? Elijah Moore is playing. The target share has gone down, but they're winning too, And they've won three straight games for the first time in like six years. Yeah. So, the fact that he's being a problem when they're actually enjoying success because he's worried about his individual success Mm -hmm. feels like a problem and a problem within the locker room. Yeah. And that's going to be an interesting story to kind of watch unfold over these next few weeks leading up to the trade deadline to see, do they actually want to get rid of this or can they talk him out of this and get him like, look, this is, we're winning. Yeah. I understand you want your targets, You want your catches. That's how you get your money. But this is how we're winning football games right now, because this is what we have to do. Yeah. And if they can talk him off of that ledge and kind of smooth everything over, it's one thing. If they can't, It's going to be interesting to see if they do or don't move on from whether it's him or Mims or one of their receivers, if not both of their receivers, as we get close to this trade deadline, because we know there's a bunch of teams that are looking at help at receiver. Mm -hmm. You mentioned the Cowboys possibly needing a slot like Elijah Moore. I could see Denzel Mims or Elijah Moore being coveted by Green Bay.
2: Yep. Well, Green Bay, I think I saw is all in on trying to get Chase Claypool.
1: And that's another name. Yeah. You look at or Chase Claypool. You look at Odell Beckham Jr. I saw mm-hmm. that. You know the Chiefs are talking about him. Travis Kelsey on his brother and his podcast yeah. actively set out. Look, I don't know that that's happening, but I want it. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, all right. And they just he just restructured his contract to open up three and a half million dollars yep. that has people scratching their heads of. What was that for? And now he's talking about OBJ. So
2: that would be something, man.
1: OBJ in that offense feels like a problem, right?
2: Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, OBJ is definitely not what he used to be, but what Patrick Mahomes can elevate someone to, and the type of skill that OBJ still possesses, be scary. OBJ, I- Kels, and Juju. And That's don't forget. So tough.
1: The Giants who are in second place in the NFC East yep. at 5 and 1. I would they not... could use some help at receiver. Yep. Whether I... it's bringing OBJ home, going and getting one of those receivers from the from the Giants or I mean the Jets, like there is a move there that I feel that they could make by the trade deadline to strengthen their team as well.
2: Yeah, for sure. I saw something about Saquon and uh obj talking to each other i mean yeah a lot of people come calling for obj for sure it's going to be very
1: interesting to see how things play out here over the next couple of weeks in the nfl because there is a lot of talk the Carolina panthers look like everything is for sale dj moore's another name that we didn't necessarily
2: get to i'd love to go get dj moore he's He's gonna call expensive Yeah. yeah He's gonna cost he's expensive contract wise and expensive to get him. Yes, so. but even more so. I mean, if I could get anyone from that team, it might be Brian Burns. Brian Burns, but yeah. he's, he's he, even more. Expensive. He's gonna even
1: more. I heard it, they're looking for about two first round picks for him. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I also like uh, Brown, the defensive tackle out of Auburn from yeah. a couple of years ago that was a top ten pick. I think he could be a problem, and uh, you know. If we're talking about the Cowboys, what's the one concern? Run defense. Yeah, He gives you something in the middle that can actually help with that along with the fact that you have DeMarcus Lawrence setting the edge on the outside. He's Jack Thompson. I'm James Pledger. You're locked into the Saturday morning hangover right here on San Antonio's Sports Star. The NBA is back, baby. And I know it's got my guy Jack Thompson extremely, extremely hyped. We're going to get into it next we're going to talk about the Spurs, their win last night, why you shouldn't be freaking out about it if you're on Team Tank, plus the rest of the NBA. Who are the teams to look out for? Who are the teams that could be a surprise this year? It's all coming up next here on the Saturday Morning Hangover on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM and AM 1250.
0: Texas Rangers baseball plays here. Deep San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN, 941 FM, and AM 1250.
1: Welcome back into the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM, AM 1250. I'm James Fledger, joined by Jack Thompson, both. Very disappointed that we are not the inaugural when we were young festival that kicks off this weekend in yeah. Las Vegas. Also very disappointed that I missed out on tickets last weekend to next year's when we were a young festival that features blink and green day after they announced that they were coming back together. And this is how disappointing this story is, Jack. Mm-hmm. I had the tickets. I got the early presale code. They, they were available. I grabbed them. I added them to my cart. I went to check out and they were gone.
2: <laughs> it's tragic. I was this close. That is truly tragic. Because it took
1: me a while to even get in. Like I had to keep refreshing the site for like 15, 20 minutes. And when I finally got in, I was so stoked. And I just started grabbing them, adding them to my cart mm-hmm. because there were. The regular GA wasn't there. GA-2 wasn't available. GA-3 was the only thing still available outside of some VIP tickets, which mm-hmm. were ridiculously expensive that yeah. I couldn't afford. So I went to buy them, and I got it into my cart because normally it would be like, these aren't available because that's what I did for the first couple of GAs. It yeah, like, yeah. Not available anymore. Not available anymore. And I'd back out, and it's like sold out. I was like, dang it. So I got to the third one, and I added them, and it let me add them to my cart, and I <sighs> thought I was set. I thought I was set. I was wrong.
2: <laughs> that sucks so much.
1: It ruined my day. <laughs> it was a it was a rough Friday yeah, after that's, that. Yeah, that's
2: that's no bueno.
1: Ah, oh, man. But what makes things better is the fact that the NBA is back. We have oh, yes. basketball on. And there are some early surprises at least. When you look at the NBA as a whole, mm-hmm. DeJounte Murray looks really good yeah. in Atlanta. Him and Trey Young's pairing with Collins and Hunter. Like that
2: A team has no bench
1: though. That's going to be a problem though. And I imagine It'll be a regular they, season problem. They will find at least some help off the bench at some point this season. I have no doubt. Like they're gonna make a trade. And acquire someone. I, they're going to have to trade one of their
2: starters then. You think so? Dude, their bench is trash. They've got Onyeka, mm-hmm. Justin Holiday, Jalen Johnson, and Aaron Holliday. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's the only people that played off the bench last night. Yep. And they combined for 20 points. Mm-hmm. No one scoring over double digits. Trash off the bench. Every one of their starters played over 32 minutes. Yep. They're going to be a regular season problem for sure, but that doesn't work in the playoffs.
1: No, but I mean, as the trade deadline approaches, I I see them rectifying that. Like I see them being able to rectify that, giving up draft picks to teams that are actively looking to bottom out or teams that are closer to the bottom than they are the top that automatically decide it's time to start to get into Mm -hmm. the Wimby scoot. Yeah. Yeah. Like I see them rectifying the issues of not having a bench as the season progresses. Boston looks good though.
2: Oh yeah. Boston looks real good. Boston
1: looks real good.
2: And they don't even have Robert Williams back. So they're going to get even better
1: they're going to get better. Another thing that really caught me off guard, Miami and Philly, 0-2. Especially Miami, a team that was just in the conference finals. Is that... Is that them coming back to earth from last year's run? Is because they didn't do a whole lot in the postseason... Mm -hmm. I know they played the Celtics, and that's one of their losses. The Bulls is another one of their losses, which is, let's face it, a middle of the Eastern Conference team. Mm -hmm. They get the Raptors this weekend, who I think are going to be a little bit better than people expect. There's a chance that the Heat start off the season 0-3. Yeah,
2: I mean, the Heat, another team, like, you're not getting a lot off your bench consistently. I mean, they've got some... They got a couple decent guys, but... You've got to think they
1: regret Oh, the Duncan Robinson contract so much.
2: Yes, absolutely. (laughs) He played six minutes last night.
1: I understand that you are a defense first team, but at some point you need to score points, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And Duncan at least gives you that ability being a 43% shooter from behind the arc. Yeah. And even in bench, in a bench capacity, he he provides at least a spark. LeBron James needs help.
2: Oh yeah, in a bad, in a very bad, bad way. way this team,
1: hey, was supposed to be better defensively when you added Patrick Beverly to the mix. Mm-hmm. They're giving up 123 points a game. It is second worst only to the Spurs yeah. who are giving up 131 and a half. <laughs> I don't know how they fix it outside of this draft pick in 2027 that they're so desperately trying to hold on to, attaching that to something to unload these uh Russell Westbrook contract and those draft picks. Like, that's the only way I see them adding anything of relevance that helps them get better.
2: Yeah. There's, they're dead in the water right now. I mean, Lonnie had a good game. And it doesn't help
1: them to bottom out because they don't own their draft. They don't have
2: any picks. Yeah. They're just so terribly inefficient and like no one on that team outside of, there's Lonnie and Anthony Davis can really shoot. And neither of those guys are shooters. So and
1: people are daring them to shoot. Oh,
2: I'd be daring them to shoot easily. I mean, you got between Russell Westbrook and Pat Bev, they were one for 18. Actually, it's it's, terrible. I heard a stat yesterday. It gets even worse
1: than that against the Clippers. When you looked at the box score with the Lakers, mm-hmm. not only was Russ 0 for eleven mm-hmm. and Pat Bev 1 for 7, mm-hmm. but the rest of their backcourt, Reeves was 1 for 2. Kendrick Numb 0 was 7. 0 for 7. Like, they legitimately went like 2 for 30 something from their backcourt. Yeah. Which is untenable in the nba these days your backcourt is supposed to be able to shoot
2: they went two for 27
1: (laughs) i i don't know why seeing the lakers implode like this makes me laugh so hard but it does oh
2: it does for me too
1: (laughs) but when we look at the rest of the western conference Zion looks really good early. I really, really like what I'm seeing out of the Pelicans with Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, and CJ McCollum. I like that team a lot. And I think like if they can learn to kind of win and close out close games and, you know, things that that newly good teams have to kind of learn throughout the season. If they can kind of grow on that throughout this season, I think this Pelicans team is going to be an issue in the Western Conference.
2: No, the Pelicans are tough. I mean, Brandon Ingram is probably the most unsung star in the league. He gave KD an absolute clinic in that first game. And the more comfortable Zion gets on the the court, it's going to be even more scary and Jonas Valenciunas had like, 30 and, se- Jonas he had like Valanciunas. 30 and 17 last night. I completely forget that Jonas Valenciunas is a yeah. part of... And the- and C.J. McCollum. Like, that team is very tough. And that's a team that has some depth to it. Mm-hmm. Got Alvarado off the bench. You've got Trey Murphy. They got some guys that can come off the bench and add some significant stuff. Herb Jones? Yeah, Herb Jones. Who is looking like a young uh, Bruce Bowen right now? Mm-hmm. Not offensively affecting you, but he will lock down your best player like no one's business. That's a scary team. Trouble. And the more they get more comfortable with each other, mm-hmm. the wor- the scarier it's going to be. Trailblazers with a surprising start to the season,
1: finally healthy, Dame Lillard back to his full glory, and uh, man, if we're talking early frontrunners for MVP. Already after two games, Ja Morant is going to be an issue.
2: Oh, if Ja Morant is going five from six from the three, everyone be very scared because
1: remember they finished second in the West last year. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, this is a team that kind of learned how to be a great team in the regular season and was really close in the postseason, if not for running into a Warriors team that just turned into a buzzsaw in the postseason. Yeah. But they they learned, and they stole a couple of games from the Warriors mm-hmm. too. So I expect Memphis to be there oh, yeah. this season. I expect them. Also, before we close out this segment, did you hear Kawhi's comments?
2: I don't. I don't know which ones you're talking about.
1: Okay, so Kawhi Leonard had uh, some things to say after the ga- first game win, in which he came off the bench and scored 21 points, and you know had had a nice. Is this where he says I don't watch basketball like that? No, this is not. This is. Uh, well, he talks about his rehab process this year compared to years past, mm-hmm. and. I'll let you decide if there's any shade thrown.
3: I mean, uh, similarities is just like, I'll uh, have missed a year pretty much, uh, you know, and uh, you know, same thing here, just you coming back and uh, trying to get it restarted again and uh, get, get refreshed and like I said, get those game reps under your belt. And uh, I mean, but, I mean, it's a, just a different situation you know, from me getting traded to one team to another and, uh, you know, how that rehab process went for me. So, uh, um, it's been very different, um, you know, this time going through that and, uh, you know, having the team behind my back and, uh, you know, moving forward, uh, you know, they want what's best for me. So, um, I'm seeing the same faces. uh, So, that's like the difference is pretty much.
1: Having the team have my back. Going through the rehab process. It certainly
2: feels like a shot fire. It's whatever, man. Like we had his back. He just wasn't gonna stay. He can he can talk all he wants. I'm over the Kawhi. Now my question is though. As a player going
1: through injury, what we talk about it all the time. We talked about it with Michael Gallup. Mhm. The last hurdle in a lot of rehab processes is mental. Yep. And trusting what you, you know, and it takes time sometimes. Some people take longer in order to clear that hurdles. Were the Spurs doctors pushing him to do something knowing it was going to be okay because, you know, but he felt pain and mentally couldn't trust it and there was a disconnect there that led to the falling out because we know the Spurs have what's outside of Kawhi they there has never been any question about the Spurs being extra precautious when it comes to injuries
2: yeah see that's why I don't buy that I don't buy that we were pushing him and it caused some sort of rift no uh,
1: and I say pushing him in terms of He just didn't trust himself because he felt something Mm -hmm. and they were telling him, we understand you feel it, but trust me, it's going to be okay. And he was like, I don't just because I feel something and there just was a rift created. I'm just looking devil's advocate at it to see both sides of the situation or he just really wanted to get the hell out of San Antonio. I think that's what it was. (laughs) I mean, I don't disagree with you. I'm just trying to look at it from all angles to see if there could have been a reason. Huh. I don't know. It's just every time he mumbles at the podium, it feels like there's some kind of shot taken at the Spurs for whatever reason. He is Jack Thompson. I'm James Pledger. This is the Saturday Morning Hangover on San Antonio Sports Star, 941 FM, AM 1250. When we come back, it's a huge huge baseball weekend as the Astros can basically kind of close things out against the Yankees and it's a big weekend next weekend both Halloween and Worst Fest start to get underway. We'll talk about what next weekend may look like for each of us right here on the Saturday morning hangover on San Antonio Sports Star 94.1 FM and AM 1250.
0: Stay in the know with San Antonio Sports Star ESPN AM 1250 and 94.1 FM on Facebook, Twitter, Tinder, and Instagram.
1: Feel Welcome back into the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM, AM 1250. I'm James Pleasure, joined by Jack Thompson as we get you ready for your sports weekend and other things because we are officially one week away from Halloween. Halloween, always such a great holiday for me.
2: Mm-hmm. I know that's one of your favorites. It's one of my favorites? I also know it's one of your favorites. It is indeed, but I will not be participating. What? Got another wedding to go to, man. Oh, I don't know who plans a wedding who on plans Halloween weekend. a wedding weekend. on
1: Halloween?
2: Yeah. That is a criminal move by your friend. Yeah. Is it? Is it your
1: friend? It's Anne's friend. Okay. That is a criminal move by her friend. It is. <laughs> I mean, do you... So, it's on Saturday. hmm I mean, can you at least dress up for the uh, reception?
2: <laughs> I doubt it.
1: <laughs> I'm just trying to find a loophole in this for you because I have something amazing planned. I plan to go to Houston. I am going on a pub crawl through Midtown with basically inflatable costumes. Mm-hmm. nice and I've got a shirt with the Jurassic Park logo that says raptor trainer velociraptor trainer and I've got one of those inflatable velociraptors that's
2: going to be awesome
1: <laughs> I'm going to be knocking things over all over the place and it's only going to get worse the later oh, yeah, that goes it's going to get
2: far worse
1: <laughs> because I already tried just kind of moving in the small confines of my apartment with it and it did not go well
2: yeah it's not going to go well <laughs>
1: So, imagine a whole group of us doing this. It's going to be so freaking funny. But, I'm also really, really excited about this. Also, we are two weeks away from Worst Fest. Yes. Which, also, a favorite kind of tradition of mine. Oh, yeah.
2: Love Worst Fest.
1: What's your favorite thing at Worst Fest? Aside from the beer, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's the easy one. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, everybody seems to love the pork chop on a stick from the New Braunfels Little League. Pretty solid. For me, I love the Carpoffel toppers, the basically potato pancakes. Also very good. Um, that's tough. People love, love the sauerkraut and the, and the yeah. uh,
2: worst links. Love, yeah, I love the worst links for sure. Man, I'll just eat everything. Just the food and the beer. The food is so good. And, yeah. the,
1: and the beer is great because you get chances to get beer you are not normally privy oh, yeah. to it. a lot of places. I always
2: go with the pitcher of the German beer. The Warsteiner. Mm-hmm. The
1: Warsteiner Dunkel. The the dark yep. German beer. That's my favorite one. <laughs> I'm very excited because I don't think I've been to Worstfest since basically the fire.
2: Oh dang. Yeah. It's different now. because
1: we had covid yeah in, in between as well and so there were a couple of years where things just kind of went south it went last year well it wasn't back to normal though yeah, last was. year was it mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. okay because i figured there were
2: like restrictions ish no there's so many people really oh yeah
1: okay because this year I, I expect everything to just be full bore Straight ahead, I can't normal worst. Press.
2: I think it was like that last year.
1: Okay, he is Jack Thompson. I'm James Fledger. When we come back, it is a big college football weekend. We'll take a look towards it, see some of the best matchups of the weekend, including a couple of big Big Twelve matchups, as they may have the biggest and. What's going on at College day, Game Day up in Eugene, Oregon? We'll talk about all next coming here on the Saturday Morning Hangover on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM and AM 1250.
0: James Pledger, Jack Thompson, like like, like the Saturday Morning Hangover. Like like, yeah. Good morning and welcome
1: into our number two of the Saturday Morning Hangover here on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM, AM 1250. I'm James Pledger, joined by Jack Thompson, we get you ready for a fun sports weekend. I don't know how great it is. It feels bigger than it is because then you look at the schedule and you're like, well, there's not a ton of great matchups in college football. There's not a some solid ones. ton of great matchups in the NFL. You do have Major League Baseball playoffs to look forward to this weekend. The start of the NBA is here. But in college football, you've got a couple of great matchups. You've got Texas taking on Oklahoma State and Stillwater, which feels like a really big game. Quinn Ewer's probably biggest test to date, I would think, seeing as he really didn't get to finish against Alabama. Yeah. And the offense did struggle and kind of stall out against Iowa State there last weekend. Mm -hmm. So Texas still has a shot at the Big 12. They're sitting there. But this this, this is game is step. key.
3: This
2: is the first step. You lose this one.
1: Because they've got them, Kansas State, TCU, Kansas, all still on the schedule yeah. coming down the home stretch. And the Big 12 probably playing a little bit better than a lot of people expected in terms of the rankings and how many teams are Oh, up. yeah. Clemson-Syracuse is sneaky good game.
2: Yeah, Syracuse yeah.
1: is 14th right now. Clemson's top five on the outside looking in at that college football playoff. Although I don't know how much I believe in, in Syracuse, so I don't know how much stock I really put in this game.
2: I yeah. I don't have any faith in Syracuse.
1: Right? Like
2: I mean, I'm sure they're it's solid nice. They're playing way above what people thought.
1: It's a good story. Yeah, but, but I don't believe in you. No. <laughs> now, I think they get rolled. Now, if they win this game, all of a sudden, maybe there's something to believe in there. Yeah. But to this point, I just don't believe in Syracuse. No. But the best game might be where College Game Day is. Oh, it's easily the best game. Because you look at Oregon, who is and 5-1, playing extremely well right now, 10th in the nation, taking on an undefeated UCLA team who is and 6-0, and I think a surprise to a lot of teams. Oh yeah! In kind of the Pac-12, because we expected USC to be there mm-hmm. with Caleb, uh, Caleb Williams, and Jordan Addison, and Lincoln Riley coming over and taking that program. But they stubbed their toe yep. already. So right now, UCLA's in the driver's seat in the Pac-12, yep. as is Oregon the winner of this game could find themselves in the driver's seat for the Pac-12 title on the way out.
2: Yeah. DTR, man, he's so good. He's probably my favorite quarterback. Yeah? He's so good. Just so electric. More so than the ones that are projected to be
1: at the top of the draft this coming year. More so than CJ Stroud. To watch,
2: yeah. I think he's my favorite to watch. He's not the best.
1: No, 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 no. But to watch, he can do
2: so much. He's so, so, like, quick twitch. Mm Like, he he reminds me of a little bit of, like, Lamar and the way that he plays. Maybe a little bit better thrower and not as good of a a runner, but he's just a highlight waiting to happen. He's very fun.
1: I like UCLA in this game. Yeah? I do. Mm -hmm. I really like UCLA, but I do think they – there could be an issue for UCLA, or, or yeah, for UCLA in terms of Oregon, just because that home crowd at Eugene oh, is yeah. going to make things an issue. Mm-hmm. And I do believe this is a close matchup.
2: Yeah, it's going to be a it's going to be a really good game.
1: Could Alabama lose their second straight?
2: I mean, it's entirely possible.
1: We've said it all. It Bama should be their should like be
2: their third straight, if you ask me.
1: Well, we've said it all along. Bama hasn't looked like Bama, but should they've... be their fourth loss of the year. Exactly.
2: Uh, I, look Texas, I look at Texas. I look at Texas A and M.
1: I look at the Tennessee game. Mm-hmm. The defense isn't what it was. No,
2: I think everyone thought it was going to be way better. But Will Anderson is just not enough to like supplant all the people they lost. Will Anderson. He's amazing. He's amazing. Yeah. He's I would take him number one. Yeah, he's incredible.
1: I'm not gonna lie. I might roll the dice on him and try and get a quarterback with the second pick.
2: Yeah, he's <laughs> he's freaking awesome. He is he is just a problem. He's the, he looks like he reminds me of Micah. Like he does so yes. much. You can put him anywhere. Yeah. He can cover, he can rush, he can play middle linebacker, outside linebacker, defensive end. If you want to put him up the middle he can do that like that
1: is a great comparison
2: yeah he does a lot of micah stuff he's not as fast but i think he's bigger i i look
1: at mike leach's team and we know that they're trying to run the football right we know that that is
2: they're they're attempting to mask their air raid
1: yeah (laughs) They're trying to get more out of the run game than a normal Mike Leach yeah, yeah. team would. Yeah, yeah. But it's all about Will
2: Rod. Yes, and he's been phenomenal.
1: He has been fantastic this year. Yeah. I he's, mean,
2: you saw it firsthand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> kicked the crap out of us. But I
1: see what Hendon Hooker did last week mm-hmm. in the air against
2: them. Yeah.
1: And I kind of feel like that's where Bama is most exploitable.
2: Oh yeah. I mean that's how we almost beat him. It wasn't A chain. No. We were throwing it.
1: And so I look at Will Rogers. I can I wouldn't be shocked nah. if Bama loses this game. This
2: could I could absolutely have And if I'm
1: gonna lay money, I might lay some money on Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. I feel like they have a really, really good chance. No, they do. To unseat Bama and basically knock Bama out of the college football oh. playoff
2: conversation altogether. God, that would be such a beautiful moment. God, I feel a lot of hate in your heart. Oh, yeah. yeah I despise Bama. You will too. Give it a couple years. Once you, you get your butt over here to the <laughs> SEC, you'll hate them just as much as I do. Look, they're good. <laughs> I respect good. Or I respect
1: great. Sorry. Greatness is hard to understand and it's why i respected the spurs during their run i respected the patriots during theirs because i didn't respect jordan and the bulls during theirs when i was a kid and i hated jordan and i realized that it was stupid to hate somebody like that basically because i don't know if i'll witness something like that again which is why i embrace kobe which is why i don't have the same hate for lebron that a little a lot of lebron haters have Mm -hmm. because let's think lebron
2: oh yeah lived
1: up to the hype coming out of high school
2: he he far surpassed what that's yeah
1: you can't have higher expectations placed on you than what lebron did and not only meet but exceed them
2: yeah and he's also never gotten in trouble yeah yeah no there's lebron is a one of one
1: And I, what Nick Saban in Alabama is doing, I don't ever want to discredit it because... I don't discredit it.
2: I just dislike them.
1: (laughs) I get the dislike. Yeah. But I'm going to appreciate the greatness in my time because I don't know when it will end. Because it always ends. Greatness is never sustained forever.
2: I'm going to be happy when this greatness is done with. (laughs)
1: I know, because the window opens. Yeah. I understand he want for it to end. Also, in the Big 12, outside of Texas-Oklahoma State, there's another big game later tonight as Kansas State, who is five and 5-1 and undefeated in the Big 12, kind of
2: shockingly to me. With maybe my second favorite quarterback to watch, Adrian Martinez. That's another highlight waiting the for- to happen. The
1: former Nebraska quarterback.
2: Mm-hmm. That man... But if there's anybody that personifies
1: the offense that K-State runs, it is Adrian Martinez.
2: Yes. Oh, yes.
1: (laughs) They're taking on 8th-ranked TCU, who had a great come-from-behind win against Oklahoma State last week as Max Duggan.
2: Yeah, they just have a middle linebacker playing quarterback. Max
1: Duggan. Like 6'4", 250. What are you putting in the the Heisman rankings? Hooker, C.J. Stroud. Bryce Young,
2: Max Duggan? Yeah, I, got, he's got to be up there. You think he's up there? I mean, maybe. I I doubtfully so, but... I think he is, though. It's usually the best quarterback on the It's best a team. quarterback. No, it's a quarterback uh, award. award no part. doubt about that. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at, like, undefeated teams, yeah. I mean, you got to put him in there. DTR, Duggan.
1: This is going to be a low-key, fun matchup to watch because of the quarterback play here. Oh, yeah. Because it's so different from the quarterback play that you would expect to see, you know, oh, that guy's going to go into the NFL. He's going to be a problem, blah, blah, blah. Quinn Ewers, the way he throws the football, all of those things. You're not getting that kind of quarterback play in this game.
2: (laughs) Neither of these quarterbacks are set in stone NFL guys.
1: But there are problems in college football with the way these offenses are ran. Mm -hmm. And like you said, they basically, TCU has a middle (laughs) linebacker playing quarterback in Max Duggan. He is just such a huge dude. He's a unit.
2: He is a unit.
1: And Sonny Dykes has got that team going in the right direction, man.
2: They are humming. I love... Man, what's his name? The, the receiver for TCU Johnson, I think, is his last name. Oh, right, 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 right. That man is a problem. He had two back-to-back weeks with game, like, walk-off touchdowns. Yeah, catches. Not only just catches, like, to seal the game, like, touchdown catches. Like, this guy is, he is so good. I look... It... At What's Kansas State, as possibly...
1: Would you put... Oh, yeah, Not Kansas State, but TCU, as basically one of the the highlights
2: of the season, right? TCU, yeah, most definitely. They're way outplayed expectations. Quentin Johnston... Quentin Johnston, yeah. Is... So good. Really, really good. And
1: you're going to look at the way TCU kind of gets into their offense and the way that they kind of run the football and control the clock, yet can seemingly put up points at will, it seems. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's such a fun offense to watch, and I think Kansas State's going to have their hands full because I don't know if they can match the points that TCU can put on the board. Yeah,
2: I'm not sure if they can either.
1: I've got a, a philosophical question for you. UTSA takes on North Texas today at the Alamo Dome, mm-hmm. two thirty. North Texas was the only team that beat them in the regular season last year, ending their undefeated perfect season that they were striving for. Yep. They still won the the Conference USA title, beat Western Kentucky in the title game, but it the the perfect talk was squashed up in uh, North Texas last year. They have them scheduled as the homecoming game this year. That is odd. Philosophically, would you rather? Because I know the homecoming game is usually a team that you're going to house.
2: Yeah, it should be a layup. Should it?
1: Or would you rather see the homecoming game be a huge matchup like this? Because I feel like this... Is kind of a cooler atmosphere for a homecoming game. Like personally, I just think like there there would be something a lot cooler about beating it's a cool rival until you lose. Sure, <laughs> it's always cool until you lose. <laughs> but I think there's something great about beating a rival, and the excitement that that could bring on homecoming versus you know smoking. Southwestern, Eastern, Louisiana, Monroe, yeah. by way of Arkansas, forty-eight to nothing, mm-hmm. and I think it it gives a little juice to the pregame, gives a little juice to the tailgate, gives a little juice to the game day crowd, and this could be for the conference USA title. Yeah. I mean, it's for first place for sure, as both teams are three and zero and the only undefeated teams in conference USA but they're both also playing extremely well. Mm -hmm. I just, philosophically, I didn't know if you liked the layup game or the prospect of having a huge game on a homecoming night. It's kind of like playing at night at Death Valley when there's like a big, big matchup or the Aggies having a night game in prime time. Yeah, Like I feel if that was a homecoming game, Against Alabama, it would just kind of j- give that extra juice to the game.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't re- like. as the way I look at it is, it's just another game. I mean, homecoming and college. This is like, I feel like it's not a big deal whatsoever. So yeah, yeah. I mean, schedule who you want to schedule. You want the easy layup game? That's fine. Mm-hmm. You want the tough game? You know, add some storyline to it, pump up your team, also fine. It's (laughs) just kind of how the schedule rolls out. Sure. I'm not a big proponent of either. Well, I... I don't even understand homecoming in college, to be honest. I don't
1: either. I'd always felt like a high school thing to me that just kind of carried over. Yeah,
2: I don't really get...
1: Do they have a dance? No, there's no dance. No. (laughs)
2: Nothing. I don't remember a dance. No, there's no, there's nothing besides it. they calling this one game homecoming. I which...
1: mean, there's things on the field with the players and stuff. Yeah, though, right? they
2: do special things because it is the homecoming game. But otherwise, it's just you know. I mean, g-
1: parents parents' night seems like a bigger deal.
2: Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Senior night.
1: Mm -hmm. You know, those kind of things feel like bigger deals than homecoming. I
2: completely agree. He's Jack Thompson.
1: I'm James Pledger. You're locked into the Saturday morning hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star. When we come back, the NFL is happening this weekend. Is it good for naps or is it good for watching? We're about to find out because if you looked at the games at first glance, you're probably not too overly impressed outside of one or two matchups. But there are now some big storylines, especially after a huge trade yesterday. We'll talk about it next here on the Saturday Morning Hangover on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM and AM 1250.
0: This is Mike Greenberg. Let's talk the biggest stories in sports weekday mornings at 10. Oh! San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 1250.
1: Welcome back into the Saturday morning hangover Right here on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM, AM 1250. I'm James Pledger, joined by Jack Thompson. As always, follow us on Twitter. He is at Jack underscore Thompson, uh, Jack underscore Thompson 33 at I am at I am Pledger. Of course, you can reach out to us on the Kielbasa Smoke Meats phone line 656 ESPN 656-3776. There was a huge trade this week. Just a few days ago, overnight really on Thursday, going into Friday, waking up to the news that Christian McCaffrey was being shipped from the Carolina Panthers to the San Francisco 49ers. And it feels like a win for both sides. Yeah, Carolina gets all the draft picks they need to help expedite the rebuild that they are essentially about to undertake right there. Mm. And the 49ers get a weapon that and I'll, I will parse this, when healthy is, A, one of the best running backs in football, B, one of the best weapons not named B, Debo Samuel. <laughs> like, just offensive weaponry that you can line up at any position on the field that makes that team so incredibly dangerous.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. If if they can uh, keep cmac healthy... This one of the scariest offenses in the league. Without and remember, a doubt. they're going
1: to get Elijah Mitchell back at some point this year. Yep. They've got Scaries. Jeff Wilson right now, and you've got Christian McCaffrey.
2: Like the 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 thing is, like with having CMC now, you can only give him like ten, twelve carries a game. Mm-hmm. Give Debo three, four. Give Mitchell another ten. Or Wilson. Or Wilson, you know, like whoever is healthy, hot hand, whatever. And still be able to throw the ball as much as you want to your receivers. It's just a plethora of options and weapons for the 49ers right now. And it's just
1: not the options and weapons. It's what those weapons and options can actually do for them. Because you look at Kyle Shanahan, and one of the brilliant things that the 49ers do offensively is disguise what personnel they're using because their personnel is very multiple. Like you come out with a fullback and a lot of people see 21 personnel or you got two running backs and a fullback, but Kyle Juszczyk is basically a tight end mm-hmm. to where you can split him out and all of a sudden have 12 personnel with a running back and two tight ends and completely change what, ha- what happens. Or you can split Kittle out as a wide out, split whether it's Debo as a as a wide receiver into the backfield or out wide. You can also sp- split Christian McCaffrey out wide, and all of a sudden you've gone from a heavy personnel to a completely spread personnel and just have the defense in the wrong packages to defend what you're doing all game long. Yeah. And if I'm Kyle Shanahan, I have drawn up so many personnel groupings oh. that can split and motion into other things to completely confuse the defense. Yeah. Ever since I've acquired this guy. Oh, he's,
2: I can't even imagine how many plays he's drawn up.
1: The other big news of this NFL weekend though is the fact that Dak is back. Dak is healthy. Dak is off the injury report. Mm -hmm. Dak is starting against the Detroit Lions. Yes. The last time, actually, the last two times we saw Dak have not been great. The playoff loss to the 49ers, they got off to an extremely slow start. Mm -hmm. They were booed going off the field late. Things being thrown at them. And then in week one against Tampa Bay, they put up three points and Dak looks off. And once again, before injuring his thumb, he is being booed. Yeah. He is at home, but he is getting a really solid matchup in the Detroit
2: Lions. Mm-hmm. Easy defense to come back against. I it, believe they're second in both yards, yards, per, yards per catch and yards per rush. So easy, easy to come back against to build some confidence up.
1: It feels like a confidence building game. Yeah. So, in terms of building that confidence, what are you looking for out of Dak
2: Prescott today? I mean, really, I just want to see Dak uh make the right reads, complete the open passes, throw some people open, uh adjust to coverages when necessary, and uh you know, just keep things rolling in the way that they have been in terms of the offense prior to Mm-hmm. You know, the first half of last week's game. Uh, I want to see us continue to, you know, ground and pound 25, at, at least 25 rushes. But between really,
1: both running backs.
2: Yeah. Between both running backs, for sure. But really, I mean, stat-wise from Dak, 250, 300, couple touchdowns. just. But really, it's more about... And those are realistic numbers yeah. for Dak. Mm-hmm especially if they were running the ball upwards of 30 times. But, yeah, it's really not even about the stats for me for Dak this week. I just want him to see him look comfortable, making crisp, good throws and reads, and, uh, you know, get some people open with throws, which is what Cooper Rush could Mm -hmm. not do. So just adding that extra element to what we've already built on with our offense is what I'm looking for. I also think the one thing
1: you're looking for from Dak that – cooper doesn't give you which allows you to be able to be more explosive offensively is creating plays off script yeah dak has an ability to keep plays alive with his legs whether it's running or just extending the play to have someone flash open late mm-hmm. and i think that buys you more consistency on offense when you're talking about dak in or or this cowboys offense Getting something going, not in the scripted first 15, and not in the two-minute draft. Yeah,
2: absolutely.
1: He is Jack Thompson. I'm James Pledger. Look, football's not the only thing going on. We've got baseball playoffs. We also have the NBA back in full force. Jack's going to break it down for you, let you know the teams to watch for as this season gets underway, and what he's seen from teams early on. Some that have surprised. Some that have disappointed. It's all coming up next here on the Saturday Morning Hangover on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM and AM 1250.
3: How about them Cowboys? Yeah!
0: The Dallas Cowboys play here. Touchdown Dallas! San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 1250. Throw that
1: to the
3: side. I get those goosebumps every time. Yeah. Welcome back into the Saturday
1: Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM, AM 1250. James Fledger, Jack Thompson taking you home all the way to ten o'clock. Jack, the NBA is back. And college hoop starts in full in earnest in a couple of weeks on, I believe, November sixth. What at least when we start with the NBA with games already in progress, mm-hmm. what are some of the teams that have caught your attention early in the season? I know we're only a couple of games into this thing. But I know there there are teams that at least you go, wow, that's going to be a problem, like New Orleans.
2: Yeah, New Orleans, uh, definitely going to be a problem. I think uh, Denver has the potential to round out into mm-hmm. someone very formidable with Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. getting more comfortable. Um, the Clippers... Are already looking super tough. John Wall looks healthy. Mm-hmm. Kawhi hasn't even played a full game yet, and he looks good.
1: And the uh, fact that they can just bring him off the bench, yeah, like <laughs> it talks about
2: how. deep Oh, that's they are. the deepest team in the league. They're insane. They have two deep. starting fives. Yeah, they're they're stupid deep. Uh, the Hawks look pretty solid. Dejounte and and Trey look good, but I fear for them down the stretch. I because mean there's their depth. Yeah, one injury away from not being good. I mean.
1: But I mean Collins after a very disappointing season last he year. He
2: started off real strong. He's
1: starting real strong and I think DeJounte is a big piece of that.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. A uh, pleasant surprise. I mean, you of course Boston looks good, Milwaukee looks good. All the people you think should look good really mm-hmm. look good right now. But Washington starting off 2 and 0. Yep.
1: Buzzer beater last night?
2: Yep. Could they be legit? Uh, time will tell. Pretty solid roster between Kuz, Porzingis, and Brad Beal with a mm-hmm. bunch of other, you know, whole, f- like, uh, just role players. Could they be this year's
1: Cleveland Cavaliers? Uh, it's, In terms of just a team that kind of shocks and yeah. and makes their way into, the, like, the bottom half of the playoff picture that you really didn't expect?
2: Yeah, no, definitely. I think that they, they certainly could. Um Cause I, but the East has a lot of good teams. I mm-hmm. mean, a lot of good teams. Cause you still have Miami and Philly and Cleveland that haven't gotten a win yet. And yeah. I fully expect all three of those teams to finish the year towards the top. And Cleveland's
1: a team that's piecing it together yeah. with the addition of Donovan Mitchell. And you expect for that to become? They,
2: yeah. Oh yeah. More I mean, consistent he as the season one. Exactly. In the first game, they only lost because. Darius Garland got poked in the eye and missed the rest of the game. Um, but yeah, talking about Philly and O and two Miami, both owen two, which is weird starts for them. Um, of is it, course, is it me,
1: or does Philly look like they're horribly coached? A little bit, like it. It feels a lot like the games pass Doc Rivers by.
2: Yeah, I don't I don't understand what he's doing. Like, yes, James Harden is a very good player, but you have the most dominant force in the league in Joel Embiid. And Joel Embiid and for him to only score 15 points in a game is ridiculous. And yes, James Harden's really
1: really good at at what he does. Yeah. He's got great players to play off of him too because Tyrese Maxey is coming into his own as yep. a player as well.
2: Yeah, no doubt. This team should not be 0-2. There's no excuse for that. Um Lakers <laughs> are the worst team in the league right now.
1: It's very very bad in it's LA. It's
2: so bad. It's abysmally bad.
1: And they I don't see an immediate fix for them.
2: No, I there I don't see any fix that can come like At all. I don't know what they can do to get better. I don't know how they can get anybody through trade or anything to get better. Like who 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 do they have to trade? Who would you want from that team besides LeBron and A D, which they're not gonna trade either? Mm -mm. They don't I don't want anyone else on that team. Like you want the draft picks though if you're Yeah, that's fair enough with that. Um Dallas started off 0-1, but you know the bringing in Christian Wood, losing Brunson, it's going to be a little bit of some growing pains. I expect that team to look really good here in a, in a sure. couple games. The problem is,
1: though, for me, is they were dominating Phoenix in that game. Mm-hmm. And just let it slip through their fingers. And yeah. Granted, Phoenix is a good team. Yeah, yeah. But after what they did to them last year in the playoffs, and then going in and the start they had against them this year, mm-hmm. the the seeing of that twenty two point lead slip away in the second half feels concerning.
2: Yeah, it definitely does. Uh, they're gonna have to figure out their rotation a little bit. Hmm. Um. I mean, I'd love to see Christian Wood get in that starting lineup with Luca mm-hmm. eventually. Because I mean, twenty five off the bench, twenty five and eight in twenty four minutes off the bench. Are they, they get,
1: trying to replace that Brunson spark off the bl- bench? Though, yeah, I, I them think there, that's though? what
2: they are trying to do. But I think you may have to rely on. Uh, I probably. Take Spencer Dinwiddie out of the starting lineup, move him into the second unit, move Christian Wood into the first, and bring Hardaway and Dinwiddie off together as kind of a joint spark. Mm-hmm. Probably what I do. I don't. Yeah, you got to keep Finney Smith and Bullock in that starting crew mm-hmm. just for their defense and corner threes with Luka. So I pro, I think I feel like that'll eventually happen once Christian Wood gets a little more acclimated to the team. Um, let's see. More... Utah
1: shocked you at all?
2: Yeah, Utah coming out the gate pretty hot. I did not think they would start uh two and zero, but especially what... against the teams that they started. Yeah, against. I mean the Timberwolves and the and the Nuggets. That's two of the teams we fully expect to be at the top of the conference playoff teams, at least. Yeah, for sure. But then you take a look at the Utah Jazz. It's roster. not a poorly constructed team. No, it's really not. I mean, you've got Kelly Olynyk and Markinen, That's two seven-footers that can score from anywhere on mm-hmm. the court. You've got Vanderbilt, your, your defender yep. and rebounder. You've got old man Mike just running the show. <laughs> you've got essentially three of the same player, and Clarkson, Sexton, and Beasley. Mm-hmm. Just three guys that could... Microwave into twenty minutes within one quarter. You've got Nikhil Alexander Walker, Taylon Horton Tucker, Rudy Gay, Walker Kessler. It's a lot of, lot of, lot of pe- lot of solid people on this team. So when you when you break down the roster, it's not surprising that they've won. It's just surprising on who they've beaten so far. Because I fully expect, uh, you know Minnesota and the Nuggets to be top of the West when it comes down to playoffs. Mm-hmm. The Minnesota experiment will be interesting. Yes. Because that's another team with a very weak bench. Very weak bench. And really a team that has two guards that you trust with the ball. I mean, D'Lo and Anthony Edwards, after that, it's, That's it. Jalen Noel, I don't know who that is. So that should tell you, (laughs) if I don't know who he is, then you don't know who he is. Jordan McLaughlin, I mean, he ain't going to do anything. Austin Rivers, maybe, but man's 30 now, way past his prime. (laughs) Brent Forbes, he ain't going to bring you home anywhere. Look at all Brittany. Yeah. So that's a team with a lot of bigs. And no guard help, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, that's their one. At least
1: Bryn gives them shooting and floor space. Yeah, but Bryn's
2: played. But that's why Gobert's there. Bryn has played three minutes. That's the problem. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so they're not playing any other guards substantial minutes, I mean. No, you wouldn't expect
1: them to either with Anthony I know, but
2: you got to have, you know, you got to have guards off the bench. So, this, I'm not sure how this is going to work out. They also have probably my least two favorite bigs in the league. (laughs) Don't like Cat or Rudy Gobert. Now, college
1: basketball is starting up here in just a couple of weeks. Yes, sir. And there are a million storylines there coming with this season. Yep. What are a couple that we should really keep an eye on with these teams? Because you know it's the same, it's the same uh, prospects we see mm-hmm. at least starting the year. Highly ranked. you've got Gonzaga up there, you've got North Carolina, the defending champs up mm-hmm. there. Duke's in the top ten, of course. Yeah, like it's, it's not like it's a, a shock to see who's near the top of. It-
2: well, there's one team that's a shock, and that's Virginia, who has not been good in a couple of there's years. There's
1: Virginia, and also seeing Houston in the top three. Oh, I'm
2: not surprised by that one bit. I'm not surprised. We're bringing I, back Sasser I'm not, and Jamal Sheed. No, like, no,
1: I'm uh, the the talent is there. The fact that they are preseason ranked
2: that high is what shocks me. I, honestly, I'm not shocked by that. The bringing in the. Arguably the most experienced and best backcourt in Mm -hmm. college basketball. Um, They bring in some top one, uh, two top 100 guys, one top 10 guy. So yeah, they're, they're primed for a a very good year. I think for me, the biggest storyline across all of college basketball is who is going to throw themselves into that, you know, top three pick top, Who's pick. behind Scoot? Who's going to be the one to challenge? No one's challenging Wimby. But there can be players that come out that challenge for Scoot's number 2 spot. Okay. So, it's going to be interesting for me to see who throws their hat into that ring.
1: You would assume the Thompson Twins are going to be a part yeah. of that mix.
2: And those again, it's it's wild to me that, you know, we think of five of the top or four of the top 5 maybe picks aren't even coming out of college basketball. Mm-hmm. That's The landscape of the draft is just changing so dramatically with Overtime Elite and the G League Ignite. It'll be interesting to see who you know brings themselves to that table. Off the top of my head, Nick Smith, Derek Lively, Kellel Ware, um, derek Whitehead, Keontae George, mm-hmm definitely a, this is a deep draft
1: quickly out of, outside of the top 10 mm-hmm. what's a team that you could see making a push to be one of those teams at the end of the year one of those teams that's going to be competing for a final four one of those teams that's going to be a top five team at some point throughout the season
2: uh Texas, for sure, sitting at 12. I think they're a little under-ranked. That's going to be a very good team. What uh, is it
1: about Texas
2: you like so much? I mean, they bring him back everyone. Yep. First off, I mean, you're bringing back Timmy Allen and Marcus Carr and Andrew Jones. Mm-hmm. So that's off the bat fantastic. Christian Bitchup should take a step. You would hope Trey Mitchell can come back, mm-hmm. take a step. Dylan DeSue has looked really good. You bring in... Um,
1: and Dylan, hopefully he has an expanded role this year. I yeah. know we were big when they initially got DeSue. And
2: then you got the freshman, Dylan Mitchell and Artario Morris coming in, two five-stars. So, yeah, they're primed for a very good year. Uh, Nova, I think, is under too. Incredible recruiting class, bringing, uh, going back to a bunch of you know returners. So I think that's another they have good the team
1: class. But are they underranked because of the uncertainty at yeah, coach? Yeah,
2: that's yeah.
1: Eh, because maybe. having
2: Jay Wright, you know,
1: that's a top ten team.
2: Yeah, but there there is an uncertainty. Yeah, that's probably it. That's probably it. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, I think Texas Tech's gonna be gonna be real God. solid.
1: At twenty-five, too, like that feels like a little bit of dis- disrespect for a Red Raider team that over the last five, seven years, even mm-hmm. proving last year without Chris Beard that they were a force inside the Big Twelve.
2: Yeah, another team to watch out for is uh the Alabama Crimson Tide. Got a great uh, class that mm-hmm. came in coming back to...
1: And Nate Oates is just a really good coach.
2: Yeah, Nate Oates is fantastic. But they also bring back um, Javon Quinterly. And um, who else do they bring back? Oh, uh, Sears is really good. Mm -hmm. But they they bring in Noah Gurley. Great transfer. And then two five-stars.
1: Todd Gurley's little brother. (laughs) Um...
2: (laughs) They bring in two five stars and uh Jaden Bradley who's a point guard and then the name to really watch from this team is uh freshman Brandon Miller, mm-hmm. another guy that could vault himself into that high lottery, six nine forward that can score from all over yeah. the, the court. Uh so there's a lot it's a lot of uh dispersed talent. Another team, not to be a homer, mm-hmm. Aggies don't sleep on the Aggies. Nope. Aggies are gonna be real tough this year. Bringing everyone back. And you saw the growth with them and Buzz Williams last Mm -hmm. year. They took a major step. They have a solid, not necessarily like freshman class coming in, but Buzz hit the portal Mm -hmm. real hard once again. So look out for the Aggies, too. They'll be in the twenty-five.
1: He is Jack Thompson. I'm James Pledger. You're locked into the Saturday Morning Hangover. When we come back, we'll put a bow on a show and a final thoughts of what we expect to see from Dak Prescott as the Cowboys get ready to take on the Lions on Sunday, a game you can catch here on San Antonio Sports Star. Of course, as always, that's brought to you by a Best Bail Bonds, the Law Offices of Jesse Hernandez, the Texas Chocola, and Ewald Kubota. We'll wrap up the Saturday Morning Hangover coming up next here on San Antonio Sports Star.
2: This is Jason Minick
0: on your home for Dallas Cowboys football, San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 94.1 FM. Welcome
3: into
1: the final hour, the uh, final segment of the Saturday morning hangover here on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM, AM 1250. I'm James Pledger, joined by Jack Thompson, as we get you ready for the rest of this weekend. And the big thing is Dak Prescott. He's back. He's healthy. Everything looks to be on track. But he has been booed the last time we saw him at Jerry World, both against the 49ers in the playoffs and the Rams, or excuse me, the Buccaneers in week one before he injured himself. What happens if Dak gets off to a slow start? What happens, like, what's the thought process? Because our, our last couple of memories of Dak are not fond.
2: I mean, I wouldn't be terribly surprised if that, you know, got off to a little bit of a slow start. It's honestly just how he finishes the game. Uh, you know, he's coming back four weeks out from a broken thumb that he had metal, you know, pieces screwed into. So I would expect a little, little rust to have to be, uh, you know, thrown off there, but I'm not worried about Dak. I think he's going to do fine.
1: Okay, because I'm just saying, we all talk about how advantageous this matchup yeah. against a very, very bad Detroit Lions defense is for Dak in this Cowboys offense. Mm-hmm. And if he starts slow, I don't know, especially knowing what we've seen from him the last few times out, where the temperature of Cowboy fans would be, especially the ones that start calling for Cooper Rush to continue to start... <laughs> In the midst of that four-game win streak.
3: Yeah.
2: I don't know. We'll see. I, I think Dak will be fine, though. I, I have a lot of confidence. I
1: figured it could get crazy. But also, UFC 280 today, Abu Dhabi, the prelims are about to start. But our favorite fighter's fighting in the
2: main yep. card.
1: You got O'Malley Yawn to to cap this thing off at once. Yeah.
2: Sugar Sean O'Malley Yon. That's going to be a great fight. And then the headliner, Charles DeBronx versus... uh. I don't know how to say his name, but that's also going to be a fantastic fight. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for this one. Two of my three, two of my top three favorite fighters in this one.
1: And of course, coming up, we've got Izzy.
2: And that would be the number style one.
1: bender fighting coming up in New York after this. So it's going to be a big day prelim starting in just a few minutes, and then, of course, the main card starts at 1 o'clock for UFC 280. You watching that fight anywhere today? Uh, Probably not.
2: Probably what? just at home. Okay. I'm going to try and watch it okay. for sure. Okay.
1: Yeah. I was like, you're not going to watch it, Holly.
2: I'm going to watch it, but okay. I don't plan on being anywhere. Out. Yeah, I got yeah. you.
1: He is Jack Thompson. I'm James Pledger. Have a great rest of your weekend. This has been the Saturday Morning Hangover on San Antonio Sports Star.